Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And today we're going to explore the life of a well-known artist and musician from Union City that left an indelible mark within not only the community of Union City, but also to many other parts of the world with his incredible paintings. And the man's name was James Pierpoint Palmer, also known as J.P. Palmer. So we're going to delve into a little bit of his story today. So come along and join me. So James Pierpoint Palmer, also known as J.P. Palmer, was born in Canandaigua, Ontario County, New York, in 1856. His family moved to Union City in 1866 when he was just 10 years old. And he developed a natural talent for making pictures. While attending the Wooden Schoolhouse in Union City, Palmer sketched pictures on his slate during the school day. His teacher, Mrs. Burkhead, called him in front of the class for common punishment of standing before the school. When she saw his artwork, however, she furnished Palmer with paper for more of his pictures. So she was going to call him in front of the school to scold him and because he was doing something on a slate that he wasn't supposed to. But when she saw the scope of his work that he was doing just on his slate she decided to get him some art supplies. And that was probably a very interesting moment in his early life and may have very well been a big turning point um, in his career. In 1881 and 1882, he honed his craft even more by attending Albion College. And he studied art and music under the tutelage of a celebrated artist of the time, H.A. Mills. And while attending Albion College, Palmer met and married Mary Ann Lee in 1883. And in 1884, Palmer and his wife, and they had a small daughter by that time, Nina, went to Chicago where he studied art and music under John Vanderfold out of Chicago. And at the Chicago Art Institute, he was able to specialize in watercolors, oils, and also charcoal. His paintings were on great demand, and his paintings were ultimately bought and acquired and hung up on walls in Detroit, Chicago, Alaska, London, and Sweden, with pictures being sent and sold nearly to every state in the U.S. So he started building up this great popularity while he was in Chicago with his artwork. But he decided to return to Union City. So in 1888, he did just that. And each summer, he would live in a tent on the banks of the St. Joseph River and spend his days capturing the natural beauty on canvas in both watercolor and oils. So he had a house that he built in Union City by his own hand. And I'll get into more of that in a minute but he would spend his time out on the banks of the river in a tent all summer long in the warmer months. And his pictures were shown at galleries with other famous artists, and he won quite a bit of distinction with that. And he was contented to live the simple life, however, in Union City, despite the many opportunities that began to present itself as his artwork became more and more popular and in demand from international and national buyers. He preferred the life in Union City to the life of an artist in a big city. Besides painting, his hobby was fishing, and he would uh, go out on boats and canoes 
that he had made himself and go out into the rivers and um, fish. And sometimes he would fish while he painted. Additionally, Palmer was a violinist, which is quite interesting in his history. And he played the violin in the Union City Orchestra. And over his years that he lived in Union City, he made many different violins. In fact, he made over 20 of them. And one of the violins that he made, he crafted from an old kitchen table out of the table had been made out of a seasoned maple. So he made a violin out of a kitchen table, which is another fascinating little tidbit of history about this guy. And so his family consisted of his wife, Marianne Lee, and they also had Nina, and he had two other daughters, Amy and Kate Louise. And all three daughters would spend time with their father during his camping and fishing and painting jaunts, as well as his wife Marianne would join them. And the Palmer family resided in a house that he built, which was located on Fenton Street, of which he did all the work himself. Now, his home was actually located along the St. Joseph River, and it was on the corner of Park Street and Palmer Drive. And Palmer Drive was eventually named in his honor. So that's how, if you were to try to locate the the location of where his house stood in Union City today, you would go to that intersection, which is close to the St. Joseph River. Now, in addition to the pastoral scenes that Palmer painted of the St. Joseph River and the scenery in the area, he also did portraiture work. He skillfully copied photographs of the Masonic leaders with lifelike charcoal portraits, and he even did his own portrait. He also completed a portrait of his wife, Marianne, as well as a self-portrait on himself, and a portrait of note includes an etching of Justice of the Peace of Union Township, the Honorable Justice Edwin Perry, which he had sketched and completed in 1897. And in a document written in 1958 by Martin F. Buell, M.D., president of the Union City branch of the Historical Societies, Dr. Buell relates the following. This man, Square Perry, was the law in Union Township for many years. By family tradition, this man received the nomination for the first governor of the state of Michigan. And it is said that he did not feel mentally qualified to accept the nomination. And in his refusal speech, he did nominate the first governor of the state of Michigan. And that was in 1837. So many of these portraits that J.P. Palmer created are now on display in a museum that is located in Union City. And it is called the Hammond House Museum. And the museum is managed by the Union City Society for Historical Preservation. And when you go to the Hammond House Museum, you'll see not only the house itself, but there's also a bell tower. And that museum is located at 210 Charlotte Street in Union City. And it's the headquarters for the Union City Society for Historical Preservation. Now, the museum is also the home for the archives of the Union City High School Alumni Association, as well as the Genealogy Society. Some of the history of that home is pretty interesting. It was transformed into the stunning museum that it is today, and it's a very rich history that goes along with that building. Um, And it tells a great story of the young settlers that came to the Union City area from New York in 1836. And Charles Hammond 
had built that house where the museum is in 1837, and it was considered one of Union City's finest homes during the day. So Mr. Hammond was one of Union City's most prominent settlers, and he helped form the village along with some of the other more prominent pioneers from that area. Um, his daughter, Ellen, was the first school teacher in Union City, and Ellen and Hammond Streets still exist in Union City, and they are named after her. In 1986, a number of individuals from the Union City area were interested in preserving the area's history, and they bought the home, and they began the tedious task of restoration of the house. And with the help of many devoted people and area businessmen, uh, the Greek Revival home was fully restored, and it's furnished with beautiful antiques. And many of the windows are encased with this really wide molding. When you go there, it's really impressive. And this graces the house throughout, and it adds some of the delightful contrast between the nine-foot ceilings that you're going to find there. And there's also a nice winding staircase that comes from the old kitchen and there's several rooms in the house that have been dedicated by people that helped with the restoration. And some of the people donated funds as well as some of the antiques that you're going to find in that museum. And it's just really a wonderful place to tour. I went there recently and did a tour as they were having an open house around the holidays on the Thanksgiving weekend. And it was a wonderful place to visit. You would have to really spend a few hours there because there are so many artifacts and paintings and fascinating pieces of furniture and all kinds of um, certificates and ledgers and things on the wall. There's even a, a roster for the Libby prisoners during the Civil War that's in the front foyer. And that's something that is, uh, if you're a Civil War fan, that is something that is quite a fascinating document to study and look at. So in 1997, after many months of volunteers working together, the bell tower that stands outside of the Hammond House on the same grounds was dedicated during a Memorial Day holiday. And the funds for that tower, which had been used to not only put the tower together and create it, but also put paved sidewalks around it, were paid for by donations from alumni and local merchants. And it was a pretty interesting campaign. They sent out letters to as many of the alumni from the Union City area that they could find. And money started coming in quickly because everybody kind of, even if they lived away, they were like, oh, we really think preserving history in a small town is a good project. And everybody gave what they could, and it just became enough to really complete the project. And it's just a, a nice story in itself. And it's really a tribute to those that um, helped out financially, as well as the ones that donated their labor and time to make that tower and also to restore the Hammond House Museum as it stands today. And part of that little tower that's there on the grounds, inside of it is a bell. And that bell was the old school bell from the tower originally that stood in 1877. So that's a, another fascinating piece of history right there on the grounds of the Hammond House Museum. But let's get back to J.P. Palmer and his legacy here. There's some interesting um, history about him. He lived in the Union City area until his death in 1945, and he was 89 years old. And on the day that he had died, he had just completed his paintings 
for the 1945 season. And he would go and place them on exhibit, which was his custom, and he would put them in the shop of Mrs. Charles Lake, who was in Union City, for Christmas sales. And he had just finished his batch of paintings that he was doing for the 1945 season before he passed away. And the first paragraph of his obituary read as follows. One of the most familiar sights on Main Street has gone with the passing of J.P. Palmer. As he was a daily visitor to the business district, calling on his friends and dropping into business places for a chat. His sense of humor was always present and his long life in Union City made visiting with him very interesting. Palmer and his wife Marianne today rest in Riverside Cemetery in Union City. And that's just on the north side of Union City. Palmer's paintings today continue to be highly sought after, and many of them are still sought by collectors all over the world. There are many of his paintings on display in the Hammond House Museum, and if you want to see some of his amazing work, I really highly suggest that you go take a tour of that museum and check it out the next time you are in Union City. And there's some phone numbers on the front door. So if you happen to go by the Hammond House when it's not open, there are numbers there that you can call and make arrangements for a tour through the house. So the Union City Society for Historic Preservation really makes an effort to try to make the museum available to the public. And an interesting side note, on April 11, 2016, the Union City Village Council recognized the newly developed Coldwater River Kayak and Canoe Launch as the J.P. Palmer Launch. So when they had created this new canoe launch there on the St. Joseph River, they decided to name it the J.P. Palmer Launch. And it was in recognition of his famous paintings, which were captured and preserved with the local waterways, bridges, and landscapes, and his surrounding portraits of local architecture that he sometimes included in his paintings. So not only are his paintings of the landscape on display there at the Hammond House Museum, a lot of these portraits that he did of the many individuals in the community that were Masons are on display on the walls within the museum, and they're incredibly well done. And an interesting note about that, some of those drawings are the only renderings available today of those people. So his artwork not only lives on, but he also created some of the only known or remaining portraitures of some of those individuals from the Union City history. And that's one thing that's very nice about visiting that museum as you see all of the faces of some of the men and women that had a lot to do with uh, the founding of the village there and keeping it going all those years and their involvement within the local community. And it's a nice uh, tribute to their history. I can tell you from working with some of the projects I am working on with the Battle Creek Regional History Museum, that tracking down photographs and archives from all different sources of trying to get pictures of some famous people that I've read about or have come across and I really feel like, oh, they need to be uh, profiled and shown at the museum. Some of those photos are a bit of a challenge. Finding a good quality photograph of some of the people from the past is not always easy. And 
those portraits that I saw on the wall at the Hammond House Museum were very impressive. They're very clear. They're crisp. They're even better than a photograph because he put a lot of um, depth and captured a lot of the warmth and the spirit of the individual when he did the drawings. And they're charcoal renderings, and they're just quite brilliant. And it's a great representation of his scope of work. The Union City Society for Historic Preservation is certainly blessed with having an archive of his photo collection. A lot of this information that I used in today's podcast concerning him came from the Union City Society of Historical Preservation, as well as a brochure they wrote on it. Some of the information came from Ancestry.com and some of the other uh, historical references regarding Branch County, as well as some information that can be found in the Willard archives. And that's going to conclude today's journey through history, looking at the fascinating life of J.P. Palmer as well as some discussion about the Hammond House Museum and some local history there in Union City. I've had Bobby Mathis from the Union City Society for Historical Preservation on my podcast as a guest four different times this year, and every one of them has been a a wonderful uh, tour through history of local stories as well as local um, historical information about this. And she's talked about the Hammond House Museum, and it was certainly wonderful to to finally be able to go down there and tour the museum to have it in a frame of context so that it, when I have her on the show again in the future as well as other people from his Union City when they make reference to it I'll have a little bit more of a better uh, understanding uh, of the house and its layout it is probably you know one of the more impressive um, museum layouts that I've seen they have done quite a good job with um, putting the right amount of artifacts on the walls to keep you interested and collecting the artifacts in their proper groupings, as well as not getting it too crowded and overly um, cluttered and that sort of thing. So it's quite a nice tour through there, and it's one that you can walk through and you'll just be wanting to really look deeply into some of the photographs. There's a great photo, for example, that I found of elephants walking down downtown Union City from when the, the circus came to town many, many years ago. And uh, it's just a great photo. And it's, you know, you see two elephants walking down Main Street. And it's just tucked away in one of the corners of one of the exhibit rooms. And there's some information on the photograph about uh, when it was taken and, and the, the angle or the location it was shot and that sort of thing. But uh, just that photo alone, I could sit there and study it for an hour myself because I'm fascinated with circus history. And it's just a photo I had not seen before. And then there's a lot of other great little artifacts like that throughout the museum with signs and um, tools and swords and all kinds of fascinating things you come to expect from the Union City history. And I love all that stuff. Of course, I'm kind of a history buff and a history nut. Um, and I'm hopefully that uh, you are too. And that's why you're listening to this podcast today. So, Oh, and I almost forgot there is a meteor in one of the display cases in the back kitchen area. You certainly have to ask them to show you that one. That's kind of a neat thing to see in a museum. And I'm not sure the full details of where they came to be in a possession of the meteor, but You should certainly take a look at it. It's kind of a unique artifact. That is just one of the many exhibits you'll find there that um, will keep you talking. And it's also a good place to bring children and teach them a little bit about local history. And there's also some wonderful displays of some period clothing as well as furniture. So there's a lot to look at when you go see the Hammond House Museum. But that's going to conclude today's episode. If you like today's 
stories about Union City and some of the history that I shared here. If you're listening on the Apple app, take a minute to leave me a review about my podcast. It's always helpful to get new people to listen to the show. And if you would like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. I always enjoy your suggestions and questions and all that sort of thing. And I usually get about one or two contact forms a week from people that have listened to my show or followed me on YouTube. And it's always something that I look forward to reading and communicating with you. I always try to get back with you as quickly as I can. So until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore yet another fascinating tale of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.